0: Scripture reading, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11 is on page 933 in your pew Bible, and as John mentioned, it's the unfamiliar passage that precedes two of Paul's most famous passages talking about the body and of the church and love. Um, please hear these words. Now there are varieties of gifts of the same spirit, and there are varieties of services but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit in the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. Please bless these words.
1: I always feel like on Martin Luther King weekend that it's important to uh, hear his voice and his words. So let's be in a spirit of prayer together. Let us pray. Oh God, on this day we lift up um, your call to us to be together as one body um, in our world, in our nation, in places where people are separate from each other. In all creation. And so bind us together this day as your body, as one body, and help us to hear this word this day. Amen. And from that text again, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For the common good. His name is Greg, and we've been blessed to be visited here at church by he and his wife Amy and their children several times since September. After living and working in Alaska and Connecticut, among other places, Saws settled in Massachusetts, here in Sherburne. I called them this week, you see, because Greg, or should I say Lieutenant Commander Greg of the United States Coast Guard, Greg is in a very tough place right now. Greg is among the 800,000 federal employees nationwide who are foregoing a paycheck, and in his case, who have and are still working without pay and almost for a month now. I spoke to Amy Thursday, and she said that they are hanging in there and doing okay, but she also asked me to ask all of us to pray for all those folks who are hurting Because of this shutdown, Coast Guard families like hers, park service folks, IRS workers, the weather forecasters who are right now sitting at their computers tracking this winter storm, all of them worried about making the rent or making a mortgage payment, getting a prescription filled or filling the kitchen pantry with food, paying their child's college tuition, or paying the doctor. And the thing that ties them all together, besides getting caught up as the victims of people who I believe are not doing their jobs, not at all, is that all of these folks, like Greg, they work for the common good. For the common good. In large and small ways, they work to achieve the greatest good the greatest number of people. They do work that is collectively done on our behalf as citizens and neighbors. They do work that cannot be done alone or solo. Work that is public, not private. Work that is not for profit. Work that very often is vital to our collective life as a nation. National defense and airport security and Caring for the hungry and caring for the earth. The common good. This is the ideal that we as human beings are called to in this life. Not just to devote ourselves to personal enrichment alone, but so too we are also called by civic responsibility and by godly responsibility to come together and to work together and to support each other as we live together as one One world and one nation, one state, one city or town, one neighborhood, one family, one church, one body of Christ. That we are created by our God not for self alone, but for others too. And to serve, to sacrifice even, for a good that is not just about me, but is about we. That the best life in the deepest sense is always in part working for something beyond the private and the individual. And as we heard, that maybe the greatest life is found in serving others. As the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote in his August 1963 letter from a Birmingham jail, in a real sense, all life is interrelated. All men are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all Indirectly, I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be, and you can never be what you ought to be until I am what I ought to be. King is clear our destinies are all tied together. We all rise together, we all fall together, we all live together, and much of the time we depend upon each other for life and for safety and for care mutually. And so when government works as it is supposed to, when citizens come together and work together as we need to, the results of that communal cooperation are amazing, and it's so easy to take it for granted, right? The streets are plowed and salted so we could come to church today. That's a common good. Our children are taught in public schools, supported by all of us, doing our fair share. That's a common good. My mom rests easy this morning trusting and knowing that her Medicare insurance, funded by all of us, will take good care of her in her old age. That's a common good. And friends, church is the same. We need each other to achieve a common good and God's common good for mercy and compassion and love for all God's children. No one left behind, especially the hurting and the poor and the lost and folks in need. I wish all of you could have been here yesterday to see the beehive of activity for God's greater good, but beds and bedrooms being lovely, lovingly set up on our second floor by amazing volunteers as we host for the next two weeks families experiencing homelessness, folks just trying to their best to get off the street and into homes of their own. And they are being supported in that hope by folks of faith like you and me who care about them and who serve them. In the name of Jesus Christ, I wish you could have been at Parish Board Tuesday night. Yes, I really wish you could have. As 16 of us, members and servant leaders of Pilgrim Church, we came together and we worked to figure out how to fund our ministries for 2019. And we talked and we kicked around ideas and we spoke with passion and then we came together and we figured it out. In an hour and 15 minutes. Which is kind of A miracle. And hopefully our church as a whole will affirm that at our annual meeting in two weeks for the common good. But friends, when this shared ideal and hope falls short, when the common good is neglected or abandoned by a community or a neighborhood or a nation, when we are led by leaders who seem to be much more committed to their own personal good and their own personal power and their own personal privilege and not so much about what is best for all of us together, friends, without the common good, life is chaos. Chaos. Life is crazy. Life limps along. Life just becomes one big argument about who gets their slice of the pie. Life is about me. Me. One of my favorite editorial cartoons that I've had for years on my refrigerator, it shows a restaurant called the Narcissist Cafe, with this sign posted right out in front of the establishment. We reserve the right to serve no one but ourselves. St. Paul knew how tough it was to get a group of individuals to come together and to work for God's common good. In the letter we heard, read from this day, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, It's a church that he helped to start not long, very long, after the resurrection of Jesus. And it was a church in a faith unlike any other that had ever been. It called people together who had never lived together or worshipped God together before. Slaves and free folk, men and women and children, Roman soldiers and Jewish housewives, all trying to sit around one common table. And I have to tell you, at first, if you read the letter, it was a disaster. People argued about how to do communion. Some folks hogged all of the bread for themselves. They had no manners. They got drunk and they burped at the table. People debated who was in, who should be at the table, and who should not be at the table. And things were kind of falling apart. When you read the letter to the Corinthians, remember that, because then it makes much more sense. So Paul writes to them to remind them that this is not God's way, that in fact God has granted gifts to all of these folks Gifts like writing or wisdom or prophecy or service. But these gifts were always to be used for the common good. The common good. Not just the individual good. As Paul declares, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Can you imagine? That's a 2,000-year-old ideal. It goes back even further. So how do we get there? How do we try and achieve this communal idea that humans have been arguing about for 2,000 years, for 10,000 years, from the very day when humans in caves realized that they actually needed each other? I have just two thoughts. First, I believe that we are always called by God to love those with whom we disagree, our so-called enemies, those with whom we may find it so hard to come together with for common work and a common good. Friends, our shared public discourse feels more toxic and more mean and more filled with contempt for the opponent than at any time in my lifetime. It's like we don't even know how to talk with each other anymore, listen to each other anymore either. Just turn on the cable news and you will see where we are at and then turn off the cable news. But I think of Reverend King who when confronted by violent sheriffs and violent mobs friends he actually prayed for them. He prayed for his enemy. He knelt down in front of them in humility in love even as the billy clubs swung and the dogs attacked and the fire hoses were on full blast. Friends, there can be no common good if we hate, if we dismiss, if we ignore the person across the negotiating table or the person on the other side of the neighborhood or the person across a political divide. The common good only happens when we listen more and talk less, when we soften more and harden less, when we are curious more and self-righteous less. And the common good happens when we see service to the other, to a friend, to a stranger, not as an adjunct to our lives or something extra to do after everything else gets done. No, the common good happens when we see that greatness happens in human service, in working for all. As the author Brene Brown writes, to become fully human... Means learning to turn my gratitude for being alive into some concrete common good. It means growing gentler towards human weakness. It means learning to forget myself on a regular basis, to attend to the other selves in my vicinity, and all for the common good. May God help us to remember this ideal, this hope, this reality. Needed if we are to get along, to be together, to support each other in this common life that God gives to all of us. God bless us and God bless the common good. Let all God's people say in common, Amen.